The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent a message to Jesus. Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, after having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now trying to stone you, and you are going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble, because they see the light of this world. But those who walk at night stumble, because the light is not in them. After saying this, he told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death, but they thought that he was referring merely to sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us go also that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, the teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary get up quickly and go out. They followed her because they thought that she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came where Joseph was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, 
See how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he's been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So in today's gospel, Jesus' friend Lazarus has died. And we've all been there getting news like this of all the bad phone calls you've ever had in your life. I know for me, nothing is more unique in its horror as a phone call that someone has died. Lazarus was about as dead as you can get, having been in the tomb for a few days already by the time Jesus arrived at the scene. In fact, Jesus is warned, and I, I love the traditional language in its rawness, the traditional language in the King James Version of the Bible. Martha warns Jesus, Lord, by this time he stinketh. Can't beat that, right? Nevertheless, Lazarus come forth. And he does. There's some really beautiful and some quirky art about this. You can Google raising of Lazarus and you can see many different images. And they, they always depict Lazarus in various degrees of burial cloths. Some have him bound up like a mummy and others have loosely hanging cloths that look like he's already been trying to get out of them. Now the Lazarus story has major significance in so many ways. It's seen as a catalyst, a final straw in setting the stage for Jesus' crucifixion, as this miracle of all miracles would increase his following dramatically. There was no doubt after this that he had to be done away with, and Jesus probably knew that. In fact, he keeps a very low profile after this. It's also seen as a foretelling that we all will be raised up to life everlasting that life everlasting is found in Jesus. And then there's the faith that was displayed by Mary. Lord, if you had been here, all good and valuable ways to reflect on this, to study, to talk about the theology, all wrapped up in this. But not today, not now. Today, we're all living in a very real and very distressing situation. And I think that for today, for this very special today, we need to take a more, what does this mean for me in my life right now approach. So you're with me on that? 
I can't see or hear you, so I'm going to take that as a yes. So I already had notes on this homily several weeks ago um, when we were in a different world. And when I look back at them, they just didn't work anymore. Now I find myself addressing you and reflecting myself as we sit quarantined, pretty much entombed like Lazarus, but in our own homes. My dilemma was, how do I talk about Lazarus being raised from the dead while we're all in this entombed situation? So something that's always caused me to wonder, um, in, in many stories of Jesus' miracles, especially the healing stories and the raising from the dead stories, I always wonder, then what? What happened next? I always wonder what the rest of the story was. I want the sequel. How did that healed or risen person live their life afterwards? How did their story continue to unfold? I also wonder about what kind of responsibility exists after these miracles. Some responsibility to live a certain way, kind of when someone escapes death after a grave illness. Do they have the responsibility then to try to live healthier and kinder or to try to spread the word to save others? You see this a lot in people, often celebrities using their platforms, raising awareness. You see it in participation and promotion with all the races for all the cures. These things somehow show gratitude for a good outcome. They show how bad times can give life to change and growth and new ways of being. So I do think, what did Lazarus do? Now, I don't think it was a race for the cure, but I'm thinking more about how did he change? How did he then live his life? Funny thing about Lazarus, we should assume he actually eventually died again. So this temporary return of Lazarus to the living needs to hold more significance than a physical and tangible, tangible miracle of Jesus raising him from the dead. For us today in our current situation, it has to remind us that we too are continuously called back to life by Jesus himself. We don't know what day of the week Lazarus died, but since he was dead four days, there's a good chance he spent a Sabbath in that tomb. Likewise, Jesus spent a Sabbath in the tomb. We're in many ways right now on a long Sabbath, a long entombment. We wait and we await Jesus, and yes, Governor Cuomo, to call us forth. Yes, that day will come as we live through this strange, scary, lonely Lent and look forward to Jesus's resurrection on Easter Sunday. And as we do every Easter, but most especially this one, I bet, we hope for resurrection to new life with him. But for now, we're on pause. For now, we Sabbath. And about this whole Sabbath thing, we, we clergy always encourage one another and our congregations to take Sabbath time, to practice self-care. But in reality, I believe we spend more energy telling one another to do these things than doing them ourselves. And now we have this pause, this shutdown, this endless Sabbath imposed on us. Now, the last time I remember the world coming to a stop was post 9-11. And that only lasted a few days as things slowly, slowly, slowly came back. 
So now in the time of pandemic, where we're exercising what we're calling, instead of an abundance of caution, an abundance of love, loving enough to stay home and not spread the disease, love in the time of corona, I wonder why we have to have these disasters to impose this Sabbath on us. Because many of us kind of in some weird way have not minded some aspects of this quiet time, this shutting down of the world, just being with loved ones and the freedom of time to care about people, to just be. For many of us, it took this pandemic to do this, to slow down, to quiet. But you know, we used to do this a lot. We used to have a lot of this back in the old days, but we just called it Sunday. That was our Sabbath, Sunday. The stores closed, the mom cooking dinner, family coming over, everyone getting dressed to go to church and having worship and then coming home and just having a dial down day before the busy work week and school week started. So maybe we're crying out for more Sunday in our lives. And now that we have all this practice, should be easier in the future, right? In the Lazarus story, what's missing from me is the end of the story. How he lived his life when he came out of the tomb. The end of the story of what we're going through will not be the story of coronavirus. Will not be in the numbers. Those will be in the statistics, but not in the story. What will our story be? Will our story be that this brought us down or will our story be that it brought us forward? Will our story be told in how we stuck together even at six feet apart? Will our story be how we lived lives once we were exhumed and unbound? What entombs us? Okay, now we know a pandemic sort of does, right? But deeper than that, what entombs us? What binds us? What holds us back? It's worth contemplating during this pause, this Sabbath. And I'd like all of us, while we're still entombed, to look within our souls and recognize those things that entomb us, that bind us, that hold us back from what my favorite New Testament line from Timothy states, holds us back from the life that really is life. What holds you? What binds you? Envision yourself bound in the death wrappings. Envision what binds you written on those death cloths you're wrapped in. The self-doubt the worry, fear, apathy, impatience, disappointment, intolerance. I bet you could add your own. Say them out loud. Anger. And let's keep praying during this time of quarantine that we might hear Jesus call our names and draw us forth from the grave. Let's pray and feel the bindings begin to come off and fall at our feet. Let's be ready because we will come back out. 
this will be over. At the end of today's gospel, Jesus said, unbind him. He's saying that to us too. This difficult time will pass. And I have to wonder what happens next. What will my story be? What will your story be? In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.